They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Brant Menswar. Ladies and gentlemen, performing Back from the Grave, the Cher fan favorite, if I could turn back time. If I could turn back time, if I could find the way, I'd take back those words that would hurt you and you would stay. I don't know why I did the things I I turned into a Muppet at the end. I I saw the progression of Harry Carey to Bill Cosby to a Muppet. Hey, guys. I don't know why. (laughs) Harry Carey to Kermit the Frog. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on The Thoughts That Rock, the podcast about exchanging dose pieces of life-changing advice, Jim, and we do it in about 30 minutes. Yeah, we do. It doesn't even really matter what device you're listening to the podcast on. Honestly, it could be Podbean or Stitcher or... Etch-a-Sketch. Doesn't matter. Etch-a-Sketch. Can you listen to an Etch-a-Sketch? That would be cool. ViewSonic, again, not really audio, but I get where you're trying to go. Okay. Listen. If you like the show, and we hope that you do, you're with us now. I'm assuming that you love us. If you do, just take a second. Honestly, just scroll down to the very bottom. Do give it. us a rating. We do prefer it. a five. Do it. Give us a review. Tell us about the show. We'd love do to it. hear your thoughts on it. Believe us, it really does make a difference to help us grow the show. We would love that. Do it. In the words of, what was that actor's name who just said? Do, do it. it. Just, do, just it. do it. I don't know. Do it. What What was his name? Oh. Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf. <laughs> Thoughts That Rock helps support Cannonball Kids Cancer and their fight for finding treatment options for kids who've run out of options. We love them. We know you will love them. Go check them out online at cannonballkidscancer.org and find out how you can become an option for a child in need. We totally get it. We do. You're busy. You are super, super busy. I'm so busy, Jim. Probably even taking 30 minutes out to listen to the podcast. I bet even that is probably a little bit of a, 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 could be some work for you. But in our mind, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. Honestly, right now, you could be, let's say, laying in a hammock in the Florida Keys. I can't get out. Maybe you're watching fireflies at night from your deck. Or maybe you're installing attic insulation. R30, the good stuff. This is itchy doesn't really matter what you're doing. Mm-mm. Honestly, we just want to be the 30 minutes you've been looking forward to all week. Brant, let's do this. Let's do this. Rock on. Our guest today is Nick Gregoriatis, an entrepreneur, martial artist, and transformation coach from Cape Town, South Africa. Nick, welcome to Thoughts That Rock. Guys, I'm, I'm truly honored and blessed. Uh, that you invited me on the show. Thank you so much for having me. 
Listen, man, your, your bio is incredible. We're going to have the full bio in the show notes for people to take a look at. But just a couple of quick highlights to tell you how interesting Nick is. He uh, founded a martial arts community in London called the Jiu-Jitsu Brotherhood. Great name. Uh, he's the first person to be awarded the black belt by the legendary Roger Gracie. Um, co-created the popular online show London Real. Um, took a trip to the Amazon to drink the plant medicine ayahuasca. Uh, which changed his life and his worldview. And now he helps men make profound life changes and reach their full potential in all aspects of life. We could not be happier that you are with us today, Nick. Um, you know how we do things a little, little bit different here. We want to jump right to the meat. Um, so the floor is open. What is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock. I have a few, but I think the one that uh, really resonates and I think will resonate with your audience is you deserve the very best of everything the world has to offer. Hmm. Love it. Yeah. Where did that come from? Uh, it's been it's been the guiding principle of my life for a long time. You know, I, I, I try to, uh, whenever I want to do something in life, I, I look to see if someone's done it before and if they have then I know it can be done by me because I don't consider myself better than anyone, but I also don't consider myself less than anyone either. So, you know, if there are people out there that have success and wealth and health uh, and, and they're enjoying it, then I know I deserve to enjoy it too because they're a human with two arms and two legs and I'm a human being with two arms and two legs. And uh, if that experience exists and um, it's available to humans then it's available to me too. And, I guess I just choose to go through life wanting to have the absolute best possible experience available and I consider myself worthy and deserving of it. And very often it's been my experience that people don't get what they deserve, they get what they think they deserve. Hmm. So I choose to think that I deserve the very best that the world has to offer. Well, you can kind of see that when you're looking at your bio from all of these, you know, pretty interesting things. And some of them you just sort of stuck your neck out and said, I have no idea what this experience is about, but I'm going to try it. And, uh, you know, that, that's been, uh, you know, deserving of you looking for an opportunity. I, I think in the, in the business world, I've personally have always been an experiential starved consumer. Like when I go to eat and drink and mm-hmm. shop and stay and play somewhere, I'm looking for people that will do something interesting for me. You've taken a little bit more of an inward approach and, you know, you seem to be searching from within to say, what's the experience you know, and, and if there's an opportunity and if I'm by myself, who cares? If it's something that hasn't been done before, I'm willing to, to take a stab at that, right? Sure. And I think the important thing as well for the audience to understand and men everywhere to understand is that we live in a time where there's so much opportunity available to us. You know, never before has a middle class to potentially even lower class man had the potential to travel and to experience and to grow and to expand that he has now so you know especially if you live in a first world country or a place like the united states the only excuse for not living the life of your dreams is just laziness and lack of courage yeah you sure it's not trump because that's what most of us are saying over here these days (laughs) (laughs) good one So let, let me ask you this, Nick. Um, what is what? What are the practical ways in which this advice has really changed your life? Uh, there's a few. I mean, I just you know I look at a lot of 
a lot of modern men and I just see they've kind of been ground down, you know, and they've, they, they're living lives of quiet. You've heard that expression. Most men live lives of quiet desperation. I forget who the quote is by, but I said that I look at a lot of them and, and from a young age, I just knew that wasn't my destiny. I just knew I didn't want to go sit in a cubicle somewhere waiting for the spark behind my eyes to fade, you know? And, and so that advice is, and following it and staying true to it has allowed me to stay vibrant and alive and in touch with the source and connected and, and happy generally most of the time. Uh, so so practically, that, I guess that, that would be the answer. Yeah. Does it translate to, are you one of these who gets up at four o'clock in the morning and, and hits your vision board and, and, you know, lays out your day or like, how, what is the, I, uh, you know, sort of looking and thinking about deserving the best. I mean, what's the effort that has to go behind that? Because you can't just say it, right? You got to actually do something to, to, to manifest it. So what are the ways in which you manifest this idea? That is an excellent point, And I'm really glad you brought that up. You know, I always, we, people are always talking about the law of attraction, right? Like with the secret and, you know, I, I actually, I believe there is some truth to that, but the, the problem is it's practiced incorrectly, whereas people will think, okay, like I want a certain, yeah, I want the best of everything the world has to offer. But the thing is the universe is only going to meet you halfway, right? So if you just say, I want an amazing life and sit on your couch thinking about it, it's not going to happen. You've got to literally step up and take action and, and you know, uh, do things in the world that are conducive to that. Uh, and, and part of that is, staying mentally motivated and mentally focused on the things that you're doing. So yes, I do actually, I do have vision boards and I do read affirmations and I do constantly, constantly focus on keeping my, my state positive and, and my energy uh, clear and, and um, focused because I truly believe that you, the way you move through the world is, is um, or the energy that you take when you move through the world is what, what brings results to you. So if you go out into the world, like kind of tired and sleepy and grumpy and maybe a little angry uh, because you woke up late and you stayed awake late drinking or for whatever reason, whatever circumstances, then generally you, you bring similar things into your life. You attract those types of people and you attract those types of events. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you wake up a little bit earlier and you spend 20 minutes stretching and getting your body nice and limber and then you you remind yourself of all the things you have to get to be grateful for. And you look at the, the goals that you're focused on and, you know, you maybe, I don't know, spend some time petting your cat or whatever it is that you need to get yourself into that state. And then you go out into the world and then you go create your, what you're creating. It generally, it is of a higher value and, or, or of a, a better energy. So practically it's a, it's a constant um, discipline of staying focused of what you want keeping yourself in a positive state and, and taking positive action out in the world. Yeah. You know, we just had uh, another interview with a Canadian Olympic hurdler. Her name is Sarah Wells. And she talked about the importance of these half second decisions that we make in our lives. And, uh, and, and I think this really applies here as, as well. I mean, you can choose to, you know, sleep in late and not invest the time, not get up and, and read, not, not do those things that are going to actually move you forward or just as easily you can decide to do them. And, you know, whether that's jumping on your Bowflex gym at, mm -hmm. uh, at seven o'clock in the morning for 15 minutes, Jim, um, you could do that, Jim. Um, you lost me at 7 a.m. Uh, and vision board. <laughs> I heard 4 p.m. and cheese board. Is that bad? 
that it's is bad, right? <laughs> that is that is exactly what we're talking about. But, but I got gotcha. you. The truth is that that when you start to, you know, it's funny. I uh, I have an app on my phone that um, sort of works you through a guided yoga. Uh, session for mm-hmm. and you sort of set it for however long you want to be right you're looking uh, at me like i know what you're talking yeah, i know about. you have no idea what i'm talking right. about this is something where people stretch jim and i got you puts oxygen in the muscles you. it's amazing um, and so you know i started to do it and i and here's the crazy thing i actually after two or three days i felt better my my body actually felt better um even in just little things like bending over to pick something up it actually was easier and you have that ex- you have that uh, sort of experience where you're starting to feel better and and a week later I'm like yeah forget that I'm done <laughs> I'm done doing that <laughs> because yeah. life gets in the way yeah. and I start making those wrong half second decisions and before you know it it's been 6 months since I started that app again and it just constantly is sending me messages like we miss you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you keep yourself engaged, I guess, is my question, Nick. How do you make sure that you don't just start to turn that other direction? That's a wonderful question and extremely an extremely important one. I'm sorry, is that Jim or Brandt who asked that? Uh, oh, that's was obviously if it's, Brandt. If it's very important, it was me, Brandt, who asked yes. that. So that must be me. <laughs> okay. I'll insert a well, joke here in just Brandt a moment. Said that the thing that... that uh, the truth is that it's very simple, right? There's an express, a quote by either Aristotle or Socrates, I can't remember which, but he said, all is habit. And a good friend and mentor of mine, a very successful man, said that to me a few years ago, and it, it really stuck, it, it like cut to the core. You know when you hear something and it, it goes straight to, you know there's something important behind those words, and it goes straight to your center, right? And that, that went straight to the center with me. And I started thinking about it, and I just realized that that is, predominantly what a human being is, is a collection of habits. You know, we have habits, uh, like habits that could be the thoughts that we have recurring through our minds, or it could be the actions that we take every day, or, you know, everything is habit. The way you brush your teeth, which hand you pick up your toothbrush with, um, you know, what you like to do on the weekends, the type of woman you'd like to date, whatever it might be, they're all habits. And so I I read a very interesting book called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, is I think his name, I might be pronouncing it incorrectly, but what he, one of the key points that he ex- explained is that habits require initial discipline to create, but once they've been ingrained, they actually do the work for you. Once you've grooved that, that habit or that neural pathway, then it takes over. Like, so for example, I created a habit um, last year. I wanted to write down 10 um, creative ideas every day. Uh, and so I started doing it, and every day I took off on my little habit creation app that I've done it. And initially it was difficult and I didn't like it and I was resistant. But once I got to about the 14th or 15th day, the habit had started to form. And by the 28th day, the habit was ingrained. And now it's actually more difficult to not do the habit than it is to do it. So I think the key takeaway point is that you figure out what positive thing you want in your life or what positive habit you want to create in your life. And then understand that it is going to take some initial discipline and find that discipline however you have to, whether it be figuring out what's going to happen. I, th- I think a powerful way to find that discipline is to figure out what's going to happen if you don't take action or if you don't create this habit as opposed to the positive things that will happen. Yeah. People are generally more motivated by negative things than positive things. And then once you've, found, you've dug deep and found that discipline, just stick with it for 28 days and, and be focused and pay that price. And then the habit will kick in and do the work for you. You know, so 
first off, you are speaking our language. I mean, this is some of the stuff that we talk about, whether it's in our writings or on the podcast, certainly when we're doing our talks, you know, for a couple of things. One is, um, you know, I was very lucky when I was at Hard Rock to have, you know, I put in place a corporate university with our team. And part of it was the first level, everybody had to go to it. And it was basic fundamentals. The second level, which you had to be with the company for a couple of years, you had to be nominated. It really had nothing to do with the company. It was all about personal development. It was about self-help, which I think is way more important than professional development. People actually were leaving the company based off of what they were finding out about themselves. And so when you start talking about habits, you know, like the seven habits of highly effective people, we talk about that quite often on the show because that was something that we we basically brought to the company and we were teaching that, but in a very hard rock guys version. But yeah, when you start to do something for a month, you know, for those 21, 28 days, like you said, it does become, you know, something that is a part of you. And actually in my book, I talk quite a bit about organizational cultures are basically just humans. I mean, you can talk all day long about the infrastructure, the thing, the tool, the font, the logo, the color palette, the building, whatever it is, but it's really just the people and they are made up of these behaviors, like you said, good, bad, or indifferent. And so whoever's working in the company at that moment, if they've got crappy behaviors, that you've probably got a crappy environment. You've got a crappy culture. If you've got great behaviors, great you know characteristics, then you probably have a, a healthy, phenomenal culture. So I, I think when you start talking about these things that, you know, it isn't just willing it and it it just becomes so, you really do have to put you know, pen to the paper, you actually have to focus on it. But like you said, if you pick anything and say, I want this to become a part of me, you can easily do that. It just takes a little bit more patient and commitment and time. But you're a prime example of somebody who says, yeah, I can do that. And now you're teaching other men to do that, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, another thing that um, that was Jim, right? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, there was another thing that, that ties into that, that is, you know, I call these things, there's certain things which I call master thoughts, right? Which is, if you think of the psyche as made up of, of a group of, of a multitude of certain thoughts, there are some which you could consider the absolute foundation of, of a person's worldview and and, um, and psyche. And for me, one of the master thoughts is how you do one thing is how you do everything, right? Like that, that I only figured that out about five years ago, <laughs> but, but once that, that completely changed my life in many ways and that in, in itself is a habit when you when you dedicate yourself to doing everything with excellence everything with discipline um everything with with creativity and, and doing everything properly even the smallest things and you just you just like even if it takes like a year once you've grooved that into a habit into a discipline it starts to manifest in all different parts of your life and i was reminded of that because you mentioned that it wasn't a, a business development that you were working with with these people. It was personal development. And that's yep. because how you do one thing is how you do everything. How you brush your teeth, how you keep your house clean, how you keep your office desk tidy, all these different things. Like how you do one of them is how you do everything, right? So that's why I'm always weary if I have a business meeting with someone and we get in his car and it's dirty because I'm like, okay, well, if his car is like this, what is his mind like? Yeah. You know, Um and, and, and so, yeah, I, I think that, that's a really important point as well, is to just really focus on doing everything well, not just a collection of habits. Well, I think the work that you do also is very internal. When you go and, and do a trip in the Amazon, you do an ayahuasca, right? It's, it's an inside-out approach. You know, before working on the outside and having 
these great interdependent relationship with other people, you got to be secure with yourself. This is why, you know, our show probably does help people out from a business standpoint, but we're in the self-help category. We're focusing on personal development, hopefully broad enough that you can, you can connect the dots and make that work for your business. But it sounds like your entire world is all internal. You get that part right. The rest of it is just icing on the cake. I'm sorry, no cake brand. Oh, yeah, I, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't have said it better because in, you know, in the work I do with men, you know, like I could very easily have marketed my services as like a business coach, you know, it's, it's, you guys know, it's really easy to sell something that has the promise of making more money, yeah. right? Like it's, it's very simple because then people just see it as an investment. Okay. If I spend X amount on this guy's services and I'm going to make two X, it's a no brainer. But I didn't want to do that because I, I thought that would be dishonest because I'm truly, I'm focusing on the individual and guaranteed his business and his career usually does improve. But as you said, it's from the inside out. Like when someone's got deep issues or, or limiting self-beliefs that are holding him back, it's going to be very difficult for him to push through in his career, right? Because mm-hmm. he has to address those things first. Or it's going to be very difficult to him, for him to push through with his physique or his health or to, to attract like a quality woman that doesn't have like issues because at the root of it all is, is like this, as you said, this deep internal wound that he has to deal with first. So yes, my approach is definitely an inward out um, one for sure. So Nick, how can people stay in touch if they want to know a little bit more about the work that you're doing? What, what's the best way for people to reach you? Yeah. Thank you for asking. The easiest way for them to reach me is just to head over to liberationmentor.com and all my stuff is on there. That's fantastic. Listen, man, we can't thank you enough for spending some time with us. Um, you, you are right in the same lane as we are, and, and we believe that a rising tide lifts all boats. And so anytime we can shine a light on the good work of others, we want to do that. And so thank you so much for taking a few minutes with us. And uh, we just want to encourage you to continue to do what you're doing and, and, and keep transforming lives because we need it desperately. So thank you so much, brother. Guys, I thank you so much. I truly appreciate your time. You bet. Fantastic. We'll talk to you soon. Rock on, brother. Rock on. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to make sure you don't ever miss an episode. And if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, we're exclusively represented by Kepler Speakers, the industry's leading resource for booking conference keynotes. To start your unforgettable experience, go to KeplerSpeakers.com. Until next time, rock, rock on. on.